Welcome to Chicks Talking Drag. The RuPaul Drag Race UK after show podcast you didn't know you needed until now. By Anna, me, and Gabby, me. Are you guys ready? Because we are. This is an after show podcast. Beware of spoilers. Hello and welcome back to Chicks Talking Drag, hosted by yours truly, Anna and Gabby. How's it going? Gabby, how are you this week? I'm good. Actually, guys, there is a news, a really small news. Next week and the following week, I won't be here with you. So sad. So, so sorry. I just want to get straight into the nitty gritty and talk about the drama this episode. Oh my God. This is like... a an extended version of Untucked this episode, like for real. You better get your shit in pants on because, mama, this is one spicy episode. It's so clear to see that the race to the top four is on and the queens are clawing each other at each other like the extras in Tom and Jerry. Unintentionally uh-huh. adding fuel to the fire is Ellie, who asked the girls whether uh, they think that she's taken someone else's spot in the top five. A horror who's about to become as steamed as a bowl of kale, says quite bluntly that while she saw Ellie in the top five, she had her going next. Do you agree? Do you think that Ellie was that, that Ellie would have been the next person to go? Yeah, absolutely not. Like, um, I, I see Ellie as a threat. Like, the fact that people have not been seen her as a threat in the competition kind of backfired. Yeah, it's, it's kind of crazy. You shouldn't be treating someone that can serve they can dance, they can sing, like they can pretty much do everything. Right. Just because they they do not excel yeah. during their challenge, but that's because it's a competition. There's people that there's like a bunch of people that can do a little bit better, but that doesn't mean that she's been doing a bad job. On the contrary, well, she she's been high in quite a lot of episodes. In fact, last week she was top two. You know, yeah, exactly. She do such a, a stunning job in you know, her beautiful uh, super shiro outfit, then she would have won. If a horror wasn't there, she would have won. So, you know, what are the girls talking about? And, you know, we all know the worth of a repeater badge. It's priceless. You can buy them on eBay. Cheryl, Cheryl Hall got to the top the top four, I believe, and she didn't win a repeater badge, and she still, still did well. Yeah, exactly. And honestly speaking, what what we have to think about Ellie is the fact that she still has a lifting. Every single person there, ha- yes, they have a repeated badge, but they had to lip sync. Well, at least once. Laura hasn't lip synced at this point, but we'll get into that later. Ooh. Yeah, exactly. So, and, and to be and to be honest, like if we're looking at stats, like Taylor is on the same level as um, Ellie. Like, I, I would have seen Tace or Ellie going next because as much as I love Tace, um, you know, she, she has been lip-syncing a few times and, yeah. you know, Ellie ha- has placed high in quite a few challenges. She just hasn't clinched, clinched a win yet. If you look at Jujube from season two, um, yeah. she had no wins and she still made top three and rightly so. So, Obviously, understandably, yeah. Ellie's super pissed that the queens are underestimating her. And instead of keeping quiet like she has done, she stands up for herself. And I'm like, yes, go off Ellie. Because I, I like Ellie. Like, I, I, I don't understand why the queens are underestimating her. 
the badge does not define your self-worth in the competition, right? Hello. <laughs> and one thing's for certain, we have to get our popcorn bucket at the ready because shit's going to hit the fan. This episode, oof, you cannot handle uh, the that is coming, mama. There's way too much drama. You know me. I'm all here for the talent. I'm, I'm, I'm not down for the drama. And when I see that this much drama, I'm like, oh my god, you're oh, no. It's over it. But, sure. Yeah, absolutely. So we get to the mini challenge, and uh, Rook comes in with another short wig. This time it's black. And honest to God, I am confused because, like, I've never saw real wearing wigs. Until now, right. and now he's wearing the second one. What is yeah. going on? Yeah, yeah. He wore the <laughs> lemon style yellow wig, didn't he? And and yeah, now exactly. now he looks like he's been possessed by the spirit of Sonny Bono with his seventies uh, inspired suit. Um, and maybe a little bit of Monet exchange in there because for all his shit talk about Monet and her pussycat wig, <laughs> he's wearing one right now. Hello. <laughs> Exactly. Uh, yeah, so the mini challenge is a match of drag, um, is a match of drag competition, music competition, which is called the Mask for Mask Singer. Yeah. And uh, they have to make a butch, a butch performance of the song Kitty Girl. Honestly, I'm like, what the fuck is going on? But what are your thoughts? Yeah, well, hear, <laughs> hear me out. Um, I, I actually liked that everyone had a different interpretation of what masculinity is because if this was the US version they'd have like overly machoistic versions of masculinity like they'd be like super pumped paint a six pack on like maybe some guys in uniform that kind of thing and the British vers version of masculin masculinity borders on androgyny which I think is great you know it's, it's hyper feminine it's gloriously over the top um, you know, Ellie's rendition of Hey Kitty Girl is entertaining as she towers literally yeah. the feet of everyone, everyone else. Like, how is she that tall? Like, <laughs> seriously, it's so crazy. Everyone looks like titches next to her. She was the only one wearing heels. Like, it was her and Ahura wearing heels. Yes. Everyone else was wearing flaps. Very so, so, so she's wearing this um, 80s-inspired androgynous fit that reminds me of uh, Robert Smith from The Cure. Mm -hmm. uh, as I say, like, it's really refreshing to see everyone's interpretation of masculinity. Um, you know, Ellie's getting a boner for a horror in her S&M fetish leather get-up. Pace goes <laughs> off the wall, contrasting the sexiness of a bare chest with the absurdity of a bright orange wig. Like, Tina, Burner, is that you? Have you, have, you kind of have you come to see Graham Norton? I mean, too late. Alan Carr's on this episode, so go home. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest with you, I still taste a little bit like a Sex Pistol singer. Really? You know what I mean? Like punk rock. Yeah. yeah. At the time, they would have like this spiky, bright hair color and yeah. wearing nothing but tattoos. Yeah, I can see that, definitely. But that, that wig needs to be burned. It's terrible. What is that? No, that is, that is a shake and go wig, the lockdown edition for real. And then, like, um, you know, Lawrence just looks like he just broke out of Wall Street and decided to say a big fuck you to the banker wankers who said he was too camp. And then Bimini's look is kind of basic, but it doesn't matter because she's paying tribute to her idol Cheryl. 
But is that Cheryl Hole or Cheryl Cole? I don't know. <laughs> but I found it funny. But yeah, Ellie won the challenge and uh, we get into the maxi challenge and we discovered that it's a love team from Dinai. And because Ellie is the winner, she gets to choose the performing order and she get, gives Ahora first, herself second, Bimini third, Lawrence fourth, and Tace as last. Her thought was like, I'm going to put the worst at the start from the yeah. end and then to put everyone else in the middle. And I think she did well she played the game but of course lawrence wasn't happy ahora wasn't happy because of course she was playing the game at the end of the day he's saying RuPaul best friend race we're all here getting trying to get to the top four exactly. and um, i kind of felt like lawrence act i'm so confused by the fact that she she's getting so pissed off i was ellie i was so disappointed about honestly like talk exactly. about get over yourself like if you if you guys were in that position you cannot tell me that you would make exactly the same decision as ellie did and you guys have been reading ellie to filth for weeks you've been underestimating her for weeks so now that she's won this mini challenge she has the right to do whatever the fuck she wants like to put it on Allow her to finally clap back because like, the hello. Day, she's been so nice the whole time. Like, let her have a backbone. Exactly. Like, you cannot just because, because I think they also think they also think that because she's the youngest out there, she doesn't have a brain, which is not. But the she case. does. But, but she does, and she's always been. Yeah, and she's super skilled as well. So yeah. just because she's been nice to everyone. You cannot consider her a pushover because exactly. at the end of the day, everyone is there to win the crown. Yeah, um, and if if this... you're gonna if you're gonna play nice at this point of the competition, then you might as well go home now, pack your bags. Exactly, you can pull a Jimmy Lemon. That's what you can. Do. Right, just just walk to the back of the stage, kiss kiss everyone goodbye, and go home. Goodbye. Exactly. What I also want to point out as well that. Yeah. Do, you, do you know the reason why Lawrence was so pissed off by the placement? Do you know why I think that is? Bim, because she's next to Bimini, yeah? And Bimini won the Snatch Game. Bimini did really well in the, the Improv News Challenge as well. So she sees Bimini as her only competition in the Comedy Challenge. And I think yeah. that's why she was so pissed because she thought, oh, Ellie is setting me up to fail. But is Ellie doing that? Like, no, really. If you're funny, you're funny. Period. Like, the right. moment you you are a funny person, like especially during stand-up comedy, it doesn't matter if you're before or after someone that's funnier. It very much depends on what you're bringing to the table. Okay. Because at the end of the day, Tays didn't do like an half hour's job at the end of it. Because yeah. like, yeah, she wasn't the greatest, but like. Considering the yeah. fact that she wasn't the funniest person in the room, that and she came after Lawrence. So please pipe down. Like that's uh, all I have to say to Lawrence at this point. Get over yourself, really. Well, and, because and, and, and the thing is about Ellie as well. Like she wasn't being malicious about it, and you could see this because she was trying to make sure that everyone was okay. She wanted to have an open discussion about it. She wasn't just like, "Yeah, this is what you're getting, and I don't care." Like, fuck off, bye, bye. <laughs> she wasn't, yeah, she wasn't like that at all. Like, 
you know, Lawrence erupted saying like, if you're going to play the game, don't ask us if we're all right. And it's just like, wow, Lawrence, I've never seen this side of you. What is going on? Are you okay? Especially um, because like at the end of, like after uh, Ahura and uh, uh, Lawrence left to go and write their feet. She yeah. had the conversation with Pace and she had the conversation with Bimini and they were both on their side because at the end of the day they realized themselves that if they were in the same in the same position they would have done something very similar. Not in the positioning people, but like setting one everyone's to fail. And like if you see the American version until now, this is is the challenge in which you have to set people to fail. This is the challenge that you, if you don't rise to par, you're gonna get chopped. And, no. and uh, at the, it's like the even harder than the Snatch game at this point. Yeah, exactly. Like you're so close to the finish line and obviously you don't need to cut people down to get to the top. Like you can still be kind and nice, but I, I really don't feel like there was any problem with Ellie's order, like at oh. all. And then no. we, you know, we get to elimination day, and we, you know, you're sat there thinking, oh, they're gonna feel so much better now that they're well rested, they have a good night's sleep. But no, Lawrence and Ahura are still steaming, and they are praying for Ellie to fail because they feel like she fucked them over. Now with Ahura, like I do kind of get where she's coming from because she's going first, and nobody wants to go first. But at the same time, Ahura has been. Uh, Poking the sleeping bag throughout exactly. the competition. If you and like, like I was saying before to you, I think that Ahura uh, has reverted back to her old self after opening herself up for the last couple of episodes. She became she turned back into a bitch. And like I said, in, uh, like at the start of her opening revelation, which we discovered that she had issues, and that's where everything was starting off. That I told you, beware, she might come uh, return to be yeah. a bitch and look at her now. Like, as shady as a poetry. We know that when someone is going home, they either get the super, super nice um, edit or they get the shady bitch edit. So, yes, obviously they say the words they say, but editing has something to do with it too. Yeah, of course. Like, it makes it look worse, but at the same time, in, in all, you, in all could have, honesty, you could I, have uh, not said anything, or you could have been, like, nicer sure. in the way you say stuff. And, of course, you are upset. Like, yeah. I would be upset, but at the I same time, there's no point. Uh, yeah, but there's no point uh, uh, crying on still meal. Yeah. But you because at the end of the day, you still have to go there. Exactly. You still have to go there, and you still have to make a good job, because you're in the same competition. And just because she's playing the game, that doesn't mean that you you exactly. have to fall back. Yeah. Well, like for me, honestly, like yeah, they, Ahura and Lawrence teaming up and like ganging up on Ellie, they were both not great in this episode. Honestly, like their behavior, I was really not happy with it. And I love both of them. Like, so this is nothing against them personally, but I just really didn't like their attitude this episode. But I will say. I found Lawrence's behavior even worse because of the shouting, like the the things that were being said behind um, Ellie's back, and that's and that's her friend. That, yeah, that is Lawrence's friend. Ahura, 
it's a little different. They're not as close, but Ellie and Lawrence are really good friends. And I'm like, mm, that's not how you talk about your friend at all. Exactly. Maybe she was a friend for convenience, and we, uh, and we will never know that. But we'll get to know that during a reunion, but not mm-hmm. as of yet. So we do get to a moment that is a little bit quieter and a little bit like down compared to what this episode has brought us. And he stays talking to Lawrence Shaney about her relationship issues, which you would you wouldn't think that someone no. as beautiful as Stace would have trust issues and um, self esteem issues. But of course, you're not. We're not walking in their shoes, so. We discovered that, like, the first uh, serious thing that Tays had, she ended up with two STDs, chlamydia and gonorrhea. So she started having trust issues with people, and uh, she stopped opening herself in a romantic way, hence why she hasn't had a boyfriend ever since. And uh, also, she... What she said, she hasn't actually ever had a boyfriend. She's only had... Exactly. Situationships. Yeah. As you would say them today in today's slang. But um yeah, like what really upset me of the whole conversation and like not upset me generally, upset me for her, uh, is the fact that she doesn't see herself as beautiful. Whereas everyone around here, like I was shocked. I was gagged. My jaw literally dropped the moment she said it because I was like, oh my god wait a minute, hold on, I need I need a breathe, I need a breathe, because if you don't see yourself a beautiful, who's gonna? But at the end of the day, it makes sense. Because, like, yeah, absolutely. But then she explained why. Like, if 2 plus 2 is 4, right, and 5 plus 5 is 10, what the fuck is this? And uh, her four, 2 plus 2 is... If you're you're a good-looking person and you're a nice person, you end up finding another person that respects and appreciates that and becomes your significant other. And I I am a good-looking person and I'm a nice person, but I have not found a significant other. That means that I am not a good-looking person and I am not a nice person as I believe. No one should think like that. Like your worth is not based on whether you're a relationship or not. I was single for many years and I mean yeah definitely I have confidence issues with the way I look but I wasn't based solely on me not being in a relationship it was just you know there was other external issues there and as I, as you said, like it is heartbreaking that Taste thinks of herself this way because she she doesn't see what we see, and it's someone who's so beautiful, but really looks so matter when you're battling trauma and have confidence issues. Like no wonder her trust is blown with the ex- with the experiences that she's had. Yeah, absolutely. So we do get to the runway, and of course, RuPaul is looking glorious. I, I don't know how she does it, but she always does it. Of course, Raven's doing her makeup. The, the team of help. people that are helping her. <laughs> remember that? <But> she's... <laughs> yeah, I do remember that. If money was no objection, baby, baby, I would be looking, if not half, half of what she looks like, at least like a quarter. But she's wearing this luxurious, like, golden dress. 
it's not even a dress. It's like a long gown. And like, what is really nice is that it has a knot uh, under the boobs. So it gives like, it accentuates your curves and the figure. And it just looks really, really nice. And uh, I want, I want it. I just know it wouldn't look the same. Today's guest, uh, uh, guest judge is Don uh, French, which is uh, a common eager this in the UK. And uh, we have, um, as our this week's judges, we have, of course, Michelle Visat, looking back at Schneck, and then Alan Carr, who was the comedy um, mentor for all the girls throughout this week's challenge. But uh, we do get to the the comedy challenge, which is taking place at the Make Them Gag Club. And uh, there is no public, of course, due to coronavirus. What we have instead are sex dolls and pushes. Please go ahead, take him away. Take it away. Yeah, so first of all, before I dive into my critiques of... um you know, everyone's performance in this make em gag challenge. I have to say that without a live audience, the, the judges' canned laughter is really awkward. And the, the blow-up sex dolls in the audience, I was not expecting that. But then again, this is RuPaul's Drag Race. But we are on the BBC. Like, what is this layer of filth all about? Like, it actually reminds me of the time where me and my friend... Um, brought a blow-up sex doll for one of our guy friends who was in the year above and it was so funny he was carrying this, this sex doll around the cafeteria like it was a trophy and I was like oh my god this is too much and speaking of too much let's dive right in and get to the queens and how they did in their performances so we start with a horror who's opening the sh- show and all I want to know is, what on earth did she say? Like, why are they bleeping out so many words? If she can say that she's young, dumb, and full of cum, then what would be so terrible that we could all we could hear was bleeping for 25 seconds? So I did a little research Local. after the episode, and mm-hmm. there were people sleuthing, and apparently some people can lip read, and apparently it was, it was something to do with gaping assholes. So apparently both her and her nan had gaping assholes in common but that's not that that blue to me then again i'm filthy as mug so what do i know exactly and uh, that's still the bbc worse than her saying that bottoming is like being eased into a bath well because uh, bottoming is not like it can be interpreted in so many other ways whereas gaping asshole is a gape like you cannot interpret it in another way like it's a descriptive sentence whereas when she was talking about anal it was like a sexual innuendo which is great and that's what comments about whereas like straight up um talking like without filters that like that kind of takes away the 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 fascination behind comedy because you're basically telling it like it is which like there is room for that type of comedy it's just not the bbc yeah and and that's the thing uh when you're on a reality tv show you have to know your audience you have to Mm -hmm. you have to know if especially if you're doing a comedy challenge you have to you have to know what your audience likes but 
to be honest, I think if there was actually a live audience there, I think they would have actually enjoyed it because, uh, like, us Brits, we have a different sense of humor to American people, right? So we're mm -hmm. crude and crude with our humor. And honestly, I think they would have enjoyed it. I just wish that they took the censor off so I could know what she actually said. Because what I did here was not that bad, honestly. Like, it wasn't amazing, granted. Well, she did lose the plot at some point. That is another thing that she did, and uh, RuPaul had to help her. Yeah, but RuPaul had to help her. She was like, "What did your nan do?" Whatever, and that's something that that kind of like I don't think anyone actually did bad in this situation. No, it's very much about how you present yourself on stage, and uh, yeah. if you lose the plot and you don't, you start rumbling about your jokes because. You lost it once. Kind of, it's like when in a choreography you forget like your steps, and you can see you Yeah. Well, like to be honest, it, it looks like Ellie's plan is shaping up a tree. But can Ellie do any better? Well, if it helps, I laughed the most at Ellie's performance. Although I don't know whether I, it was because I was laughing at her or laughing with her. All I remember thinking is, what on earth is going on? I am so yeah. like I, I, did, I did like her alter ego. Like Dirty Diamond was a clever touch, and it was really nice to see her step outside her comfort zone. But this performance was messy, so messy. But I, I did laugh a lot. So uh, I don't know if that's a good thing or not. Like Gabby, what do you think? What was your thoughts? I actually enjoyed that. But like I, I feel like there were two people that I laughed. A lot of with and Ellie was one of them, and yeah. like I could find myself into Dirty Diamond. Like I do that in my head. I don't do it in front of the guy that I'm dating or the lady that I'm dating, but I do do that in my head, and I go like, "Yo!" <laughs> Especially when, like, for example, if someone is at a date with me and I, they go like, "I'm not racist," ah, I go like, <laughs> or like. Um, you're very beautiful for being black. Oh like it does. Or can I please touch your hair? Do I know you? Oh, so like oh. it does happen. Or like when people go, Black Lives Matter is overrated. <laughs> so yes, I'll slap them around the face. I leave. I generally just leave. I. What are you expecting that I'm gonna tell you? Right. <laughs> like, what, the, like you want to fight? You came for this yeah. fight? This, like, uh, this actually reminds me of something that uh, a celebrity said recently, and I honestly can't remember who it was, but I remember what they said. They said that they have never met a smart person who is racist. So what they what they mean by that is, if you're racist, you're not smart. Yeah, no, absolutely. 100%. Like, I know a lot of people that have... 300 degrees but are racist that so that means like yeah. being being uh like decorated doesn't mean that you are a nice person doesn't make you a right. smart person because if you don't understand the basic fact that humankind is humankind we just have different genetic goals then yeah fuck off <laughs> if you don't get diversity by now then you you are not doing something right now, yeah, then we move on to uh, Bimini, who 
who says she's done stand-up twice before and as expected she's polished she's calculated and she's doing exactly what a comedian should do she's telling actual funny jokes like and yeah. the, the thing about Bimini is you never know what's going to come out of her mouth like from the moment she totally. told the audience looked so sexy that she wanted to dismantle the patriarchy i knew that she was gonna win this challenge yeah like she did the same when she was presenting those um cakes you remember during yeah. the mini challenge she just knows how to knock it out of the park when it comes to like just being herself being funny and like make smart statements sound funny yeah. and that's just a fact not a joke that's, that's exactly what she said. Like, and when she said about being 14 and trying it on with the vicar, and then it turned out that she was too old for them, like, I was like, ooh, that's a risque joke, but it was solid gold. Like, it, it was funny. The, yeah. the way she delivers comedy is very different to anyone else in this competition. Like, there's a lot, lot of thought behind it, and it's not just rude, crude, blue humor, but it's, you know, yeah. she knows her audience and she knows what the BBC likes, and apparently it's 100%. Patriarchy. Yeah, we love to see it. And then moving on, we have Lord Jamie. Yeah. And I actually don't feel good about having to say this, but I will say I didn't find it funny. It was a yeah. struggle bus. And uh, like, even the last joke that was apparently the punchline, I was like, meh. She, d she, and, she took a while to get to the punchline. That was the problem. Yeah. I just, like, she did look delicious. Like, yeah. she did look good. But at the same time, it was a struggle. That is not all about that. And uh, I think that's all we should say before we get mean. <laughs> so, yeah. It wouldn't be being mean. It would be constructive criticism. But I don't want to get into a fight with anyone. Oh gosh, I did find some of what Lawrence said funny. Like, she, like the joke that she said about coming out to her father. Like, it was funny, but it, it just could have used a lot of editing. But here's one thing as well, and I don't know if you noticed this. I know we didn't talk about the rehearsal, but I felt like Alan Carr really didn't give any constructive feedback or criticism for her. And this was the same in the snatch game challenge, where the mentors didn't seem to give much her much guidance. So it's kind of like, are they not setting her up to fail, or but are they trying to knock her down a peg so that Bimini now rises to the same position that she's in? I don't think so, because like at the end of the day, because I feel like everyone is expecting when it comes to comedy for uh, Lawrence to be the same funny person that she is during the... Um, when, while she's receiving a comment on the runway and that is the problem she's not delivering yeah. that same personality and because they're just expecting that to happen they become and that she uh, yeah exactly and that's why they don't give her the criticism that they would give someone else because they know she's funny. She, they know she got it. The only person that is in her head is Lawrence. And then we get to Taste. And granted, she wasn't the funniest, but I, I did think she had some funny moments. Like, I loved her spoof on baked beans and how she tried to yeah. like, make them sexy. I didn't know that baked beans were sexy, but... And I, I, I did like her, her little skit on how she's been trying to find love. You know, because it kind of um, drew us back to what she was saying in the workroom. And 
her making fun of her experiences, like that takes a lot of bravery when it comes to comedy. Yeah, was she the funniest? No. I thought she looked great. And mm-hmm. she played her sex appeal to her advantage in the challenge. But, you know, was it strong enough? And then we got to the, the runway challenge is stoned on the runway. Which I kind of like, I personally I interpreted it differently to what the queens did. Yeah. You, I was thinking about with I was thinking about with like, yeah, I actually I yeah. literally legit thought, no joke, I legit legit thought that the girls were gonna come out as crystallized bags of weed. But then I remembered that this is the BBC, so maybe they'll start censoring people's runways next. Like <laughs> I don't know. But like I can't say that I dislike people's looks, it's just that too many stones. Oh no, I listen are not for me. Like I don't live for that. It's not my it's not I my sense of fashion. But I did I did enjoy Be Mini. Because I found a problem with taste. Everyone said that she looked beautiful, which was true, she always does. But I didn't enjoy the fact that the stockings that she was wearing were not a skin tone and like at the back. You could see when uh, when they stopped and when her skin started. I actually didn't um, even notice that. That is the only thing that because like I scrutinize days because she looks like a handy. So I do enjoy and I generally do enjoy her looks. But this time around, I was just like, you "Why are you doing me this?" Yeah, especially because like at this point, she's the only like black still around and like at least have the stockings the right color like I'm not asking much well here's the thing like so she was meant to be doing this whole Barbarella inspired look like I I got the I got the brief I got what she was doing I didn't particularly like the outfit because it was basic but I I did want to give a special shout out to that hair and that oh yes oh my god she was painted for the gods and that silver slick back hair just looked so beautiful on her and the way that she highlighted and contoured her cheeks like oh my god like I was literally snatched bald literally <laughs> I have no hair left I am here I'm sitting here bald now I, I know you said that you found Bimini's look like interesting what did you like about Bimini's look I didn't like her face because I was just like that is way too much it's just too much redness but the look is itself I, I get gro- I am one of those people that gets grossed out by spots. That's why I do so much skincare. And like after having like skin issues as a teenager, I'm just like not trying to re- relieve that. Yeah. Especially and, like because of that redness, like all I could think about was oh. my fear, like throughout watching her face and like on the runway is the fact that any moment any of them could pop open and they would be that would but but the dress in itself like what she was wearing uh, like the jacket and the the trousers were actually like a different interpretation of uh, something that they would have that everyone else was wearing because like at the end of the day everyone was wearing like diamonds or dripping down and uh, like 
except for like Laura's wearing that alien outfit. Yeah. yeah, you had rocks, but still, like, it was like predictable, whereas that wasn't. So, props to that. And also, it looks like editorial. Like, who have who really? ever thought that acne could look editorial? Uh, you know, this season's hottest accessory blinged up acne. I'll take two to go. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> They are a standout. Like when it comes to the runway, like now at least, when it comes to the runway and, and they've brought the clothes with them, they're a standout. Mm-hmm. In, in the challenges, like Bimini is, is doing great. And what I liked about the outfit is the greasy Sharon from Extenders mullet and how how they paired it with that oversized blazer. Like it, it was a really, really cool concept. And, I, I'm always excited to see what Bimini's going to be doing next, like, for sure. Yeah, 100%. Like, I liked Ahura's version of Stoned on the Runway, because I don't mm-hmm. know if you remember this, but do you remember Monet's old lady attached to a drip get-up? Remember yeah. This? Right. So this is, like, the glow-up version. This is, like, when Kennedy became that crystallized chicken. Do you remember? <laughs> do you remember <laughs> version? Like, I thought it was really cool. Did you like Ahura's look? I wasn't impressed. <laughs> like, that, like, okay. <laughs> okay, fair enough. We're going to go to Lawrence as well because uh, I personally enjoyed this look because this is how a bodysuit or catsuit should look. It's pink and sparkly and it looks like she just fell from Uranus. And by Uranus, I mean the planet. It's a, <laughs> it's a, like it's a different look for Lawrence. You know, she always has these kind of old times like vintage looks on the runway so it's a little different and I think she looks great and thank god her runway was good because I was not entirely sold on her performance as we discussed well then we get some drama in Antarctica oh. Gabby Gabby tell me about the drama oh well uh, so basically <laughs> multiple things so <laughs> Uh, Ahura was like, I cannot even look at you, Ali. You set me up for failure. Oh, <laughs> and Norris uh, was like, Oh my God, I'm so angry at you. I told, I think of you as a sister, as a, as a friend, and you treat me like this. Oh my guys, calm down. The like the challenge has already happened. Like there's no nothing more you can do except for accept. Yeah, exactly. And Ellie was like, I did discuss this with Pace and Bimini, and they told me that I was doing the right thing by standing my ground because at the end of the day, it's not RuPaul's best friend race. Exactly. And then at this point of the competition is not in the right competition. Exactly. So we do get back to the challenge. <laughs> wow, that was a moment. Wow, that we do get back to the runway. Probably the spiciest uh, one talked of the series, to be honest. So <laughs> we do get to tops and bottoms, and today's bottoms are Ahura, Pace, and Ali. Who are the tops? Well, we've got Bimini, and we've got Lawrence in the top. Who's the winner? Da, 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 is Bimini, oh, and no. that was a deserved win, 100%. Like, she had a great performance, an outfit that pushed the boundaries. It was definitely Bimini's moment to shine. We get two people lip-syncing, which are Ahora and Taste. Lip-sync song is 
Yes. <laughs> I do. And uh, you know what because a horror with a horror and taste being safe. Not really because like remember what Ali said at the start? Yeah. I'm putting you at the start and at the end. True. Because you're not the funniest people in here. And I'm setting you up to fail. And she did what she came to do. Production very clearly had a little rigorous moment, as Alice Edwards would say, because they really wanted to create that storyline between Tace and Ahura. So obviously they were going to put them together in a, sh- a showdown sh- um, lip sync, you know, especially when it's this close to the finale. So that was obvious that it was going to happen. Yeah, there's also that. But like, honestly speaking, I'm not mad at it because, like I said, like a horse arc and storyline really, really, really pissed me off. Well, I'm mad because, because I, thought, I thought that a horror was going to be in the top four. Like, and so did everybody else, apparently. At the end of the day, RuPaul Drag Race is not set in stone, it's no. twist and turns. And like, it doesn't matter. Some, so many times you see people doing so well so so well and then going going home at fourth fifth place and you're like what the fuck just happened i mean this is a this is a horse literally won the the last week so you're right it just goes to show that anything can happen but honestly yeah it was like yeah the girls both did a really really excellent job in this lip sync and they were lip syncing you don't have to say love you don't have to say you love me it was a very soulful performance i must say i must, it, it must was, say they both did a beautiful performance but i i knew i knew who was going home but not from the performance it was just more that uh taste was somewhat like of a lipstick assassin and i actually yeah. honestly speaking i think Ahura actually did better in the lip sync but i think i, I don't know why do you think that they chose Ahura to go home? Well, I guess because, like, Tace has that, I don't know, like, everyone, when they see Tace, they're, like, drawn to it. She, I mean, she's mesmerizing. She is. Exactly. And uh, that, I think, always works to her favor. But this Whereas Ahura... In the bottom, though, and Ahura had never been in the bottom. Yeah, but Ahura has had ups and downs. And, like, what I think about Ahura is, like, the fact that she shines uh, with her fashion. But, like, has she done well in all challenges? Eh. Well, so, no, and, but she's, like, she's placed high in nearly every challenge, though. That's uh, the and, we can, and we can say the same about Ellie. She never had to lip sync. She never was in the bottom. Not even once. Like, honestly speaking, Ellie... Like, if we think about, like, a Miss Cracker, Miss Cracker won one episode, and the episode after was home, and that was, like, a top four. So, and she was always placing at the top. That's true. So, like, there's, like, we already see this happening so many, so many, so many, so many times. So we can't really be surprised by it, I think. Like, yeah, there's no point being surprised by a such a situation because we have, we've seen it happen so many so many times it's like if you think about manila luzon during uh, uh, all stars she was in the bottom once it's true you can't we can't Why? Do anything anymore 
yeah, exactly. Why reach out? <laughs> like, there's no, no, I'm, I'm there's not no... shocked. I'm just disappointed. Exactly. You can be disappointed. But I'm, I'm disappointed. not taking that away then from you. But why discuss this when we saw even weirder shit happen? Like, yeah. when we saw um, Shangela lose All-Star 3, excuse me? I cried. Shangela losing? Like, that was a wrong. That Wrong was moment. that was the deserved winner of the season. After exactly, Bethlehem. exactly. So, like, so anyway. in my in my cup, there was like for that season there was Bandela and Chandra, and they would have battled it at the, on the last lip sync, and we would have had one of the two, but we didn't. Well, taste stays. Ahora gets eliminated, and next week catch uh, a challenge is an acting challenge. Ooh. I am not looking forward to that, and I'm I won't be here for neither or of them. I'm really sorry, you guys, but we will catch up with you after the winning, so there won't be spoilers. It will be basically be a chat about the season, and I'm really sorry to disappoint you guys. It won't happen ever, ever again. But Corona has happened last summer, so this is what we get. I have I'm the most amazing man. I am so looking forward to see who's the winner. I'm so looking forward to coming back in April. And yes, have a lovely, lovely month of, of March. Is there anything you'd like to add before our break? No, I think you covered it all. So that's everything, you guys. Have an amazing month and speak to you soon. Laters. And before we go, I just wanted to say, don't forget to catch RuPaul's Drag Race UK every Thursday at 8pm. Be there or be square. And if you're not there, I will wait outside your house with turd cupcakes. Where can I find it though? But where can you find it? BBC iPlayer. Sweet. Hey! See you later, guys. Bye!